put it this way. Like we all know that in a sales cycle, when you're warming up a prospect, you're getting them in the funnel and all this, like you got to get people to know, like, and trust you before they're going to be willing to give you their money. 100%. Right? And that's something we all go through as business owners. Like, how can we get them in the funnel? What What's the lead magnet? What can we give away for free? How can we build trust? Da, 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 da. Well, when people come to me for reaching out, like, hey, I'm curious about doing business with you. I've already smashed those three pillars of them knowing, liking, and trusting me. They know me from my videos. They like me from my videos. And they trust me from my hundreds of business owners that I've worked with on LinkedIn now and, and improved their business. And that's just paid clients. It's not even including all the people who follow me just for the for the free knowledge, which they're awesome too. And they also help push my content out to more people. So yeah, that would be my advice is like, you know, if you're willing to really go all in with this video thing, it compounds. It really does. Just like money makes more money. Oh boy, do followers make more followers. And those followers, they really just become brand ambassadors for you. They become people who refer you to other people, you know, word of mouth. Oh, you should go follow this Shea woman. She's helping me with videos. Maybe you reach out to her now too. And it just compounds over time. So I really am blessed. I feel very fortunate to be in the position I am now. And yeah, I, I feel like unstoppable. I feel like I'm never going to have to struggle, I guess you could say, in the ways that I did in those early years as a entrepreneur just starting my business. Well, thank you for joining me today on Financially Speaking. My name is Mitch Slater. I'm a Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor with UBS Wealth Management in Westfield, New Jersey. Where along with my partners, Anne and Crystal, we do our best to bring you advice beyond investing and address our clients' most challenging financial needs. It's my sincere hope that each and every episode of this podcast will educate you on personal finance and real-life business issues of the day. So let's jump right in. When Shay Robottom speaks, people listen. A lot of people. She might even be what you'd call a LinkedIn A-lister. Someone with a massive following nearing one million and beating all the algorithms. Her videos seem to pop right off the screen as though she is talking right to you, because in fact, she is. Then they go right to the top of your LinkedIn feed. But as you will hear in today's show, where I sat down to shoot the Shay with Shay, so to speak, there is a lot of educating and free advice being thrown out there if you listen closely. With her rapidly growing empire called Shea Robota Marketing, she is turning founders and executives into LinkedIn video creators who are generating massive revenues for her organization and her clients. My mission for this episode, which I can say with gusto we accomplished, was for you to get to know Shay, the 28-year-old, yes, 28-year-old woman who has healed from childhood trauma and also healing others as a side hustle, and even came close to making it on American Idol and transformed her life and her career and using her talent her real-world experience, as we say in my religion, her chutzpah and likability. All, though, as she said, the haters are out there. But ignore them and stay focused on your own value proposition. So pay attention to Shay in this episode, as this is how it's done. She even dropped some game-changing free tips that everyone listening can walk away from and get started with today. So enjoy the Shay Show. Even though she didn't know about Shea Stadium and couldn't name one Springsteen song, kind of made me feel old. She brought the A game to this episode, or maybe I should say the Shea game. So turn up the volume. 
for Shea Robottom. So let me start by quoting the folks over at Forbes who said, when Shea Robottom speaks, people listen. A lot of people. Guy Raz told me on my show last year that even if just 100 people listen to his show or my show, he has 110 million more than me, but it doesn't matter. Whatever you have, it's incredible. It's the way he described it is that where can you go on any street corner and have 100 people listen to what you have to say? And in your case, there are about 600,000 people on your corner. Pretty incredible. Knowing your backstory, which we can chat about later, when you take a deep breath and think about how much inspiration and help you've given people in a very noisy world to get noticed, it must feel very rewarding. Yeah, it is. Thank you for that. I've learned firsthand just how damaging our own thoughts and our own beliefs can be because it has taken quite a lot of uh, external validation, I guess you could say, or external experiences of people's lives being transformed and messaging me and letting me know how much they were transformed to really finally see myself accurately and finally start to break down a lot of the uh, limiting beliefs that were developed in me as a child that, you know, I was not good enough. And the funny thing is, I'm not really that rare either. I notice in the professionals I work with on LinkedIn and through their videos that a lot of people have this limiting belief. It's a dream come true. I'm so grateful that I have a platform. I have people listening to me now. I have people trusting me now. Um, you know, it's it's just sometimes I have to pinch myself because there was a lot of programming in my childhood and in my early years that I was crazy, you know, that I was not to be trusted. I was gaslit a lot. And uh, it's hard to come back from, man. It really is. So yeah. um, well, you should pinch yourself. It's it's really incredible. I mean, you're you're about as much an open book as as you know anyone could be about all of the challenges that you've faced in your brief 28 years. You're 28. Is that correct? I'm 28. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I have a son who's 28. So I know that number. Oh, when's um, his birthday? Harrison, uh, April 9th, 1993. Oh, okay. He just yeah. had a birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Just he's turned 28. Aries. He's, an, he's an Aries. I like astrology. So. Yes. Yep. Yep. He is. He is an Aries. Nice. He's, uh, yep. So I realized pretty quickly it would be just ridiculous of me to spend time summarizing your backstory because you've used your platforms to tell your story with such honesty and no filters in your limited podcast series, for example, last year, which, of course, we're going to link to. So basically, folks, it's Shay Unplugged, and it's a must listen. So we're going to link to all of that. But it's so rare to see someone so real who clearly knows her stuff, yet is so open and humble and giving of real world advice to not just your generation, but my baby boomer world as well. And I know that's not a question, but I just wanted to let my listeners know right up front that you rock. You really do. And I'm really, really happy to have you today. So now that I've gotten that out of the way, as a bit of a musician myself and someone that's dying to get back to seeing live music, uh, mostly my friend Bruce. I but, see that. You've got him. He's, yeah. he's in the video with us. He's yeah, yeah. I'm fortunate enough to know a lot of folks in the E Street Band and being a Jersey guy, it's sort of hard to avoid that in your life. But I'd like to hear about your American Idol experience. Oh, that. I wow. think that's that's a pretty cool thing to just kind of lead off with. Yeah, I don't get asked about that too much. Yeah. I always wanted to be a singer. You know, that was that was one of the, the hard things I had to go through in my childhood was like it was just tough being raised in that environment and 
music was one of the only things that like set me free. You know, I really, I loved music. I loved singing. I loved writing music. I, I was, it just made me feel alive. It really um, raised my vibration, if you will. It was, it was like, it saved me in a lot of ways, but it was tough because like, I was bullied a lot for it by my siblings. Like they didn't support it and they made fun of me. And in hindsight, I see why I was so bitter about that. Cause this was one of the only things in my childhood that really even probably kept me going and kept me alive. And then even that they tried to trample on. And, you know, obviously they're just doing what any kids raised in that environment would be doing. Well, um, the, the guy behind me, you mentioned story, isn't that different? And if you ever get a chance oh, really? to watch the Netflix Springsteen on Broadway, you'll hear those stories um, as well as in now. his book. He very, very similar childhood, very similar. See, I don't know anything about him. I, I won't pretend. I mean, I know who he is. I know he's mm -hmm. super famous, but that's that hasn't really been my genre. That's okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, I always wanted to be a singer when I was a little girl. I always wanted to be famous. I loved acting and performing, and it's not too different from what I do today. Honestly. What kind of music did you like? Were you right? Were you singing pop? Pop. Country pop. Okay. Pop. Yeah. 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 Spice Girls. <laughs> right. Britney Spears. Sync, Christina mm -hmm. Aguilera. Just sure. like the cliche 90s baby, yep. right? Exactly. And yeah, so it was hard because like I always actually felt like I was a pretty good singer, but my siblings said that I was terrible, you know, and they really bullied me and they were like, you're tone deaf, you'll never make it and this and that. But it, I was lucky because, you know, I actually had friends at school that said the opposite. And I, I would sing at school and my friends would be like, oh my gosh, your voice is amazing. And I was like, really? You know, I kind of think so too, but my sisters keep telling me I suck. You know, I don't get it. So because I had friends who did support me, I think that really helped me to develop my voice and, and continue to go for it. So uh, yeah, when I was, so gosh, what I think I was like 19 when I auditioned for American Idol. Yeah, where'd yeah. Where'd right. your audition? I auditioned in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Chicago in uh, 2012, it was like the summer after my freshman year of college. I had a, a mohawk. I was like, you know, I had a, a certain look back then. And what was um, your song? I sang Say My Name by Destiny's Child, another 90s <laughs> song. And then they they were, we're actually interviewing Michelle Williams in a couple of weeks. Oh, of really? Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for you. Congrats. She has an incredible voice. Yeah, yes. incredible. So, but she wasn't in that song, you know. Right. That's true. She, yeah, that she was one of the later. Yeah. yeah but that's yeah. True. So that I sang and then they, it, it got them interested. And then they were like, okay, sing another song though. Like they weren't totally sold. So then the next song I sang was someone like you by Adele. And then that got me through the door. So that was my American Idol experience. But one thing I want people to understand is it's not like how it's shown on TV. So even though I made it through the quote first round, I wasn't actually with the celebrity judges yet. There's actually two rounds you have to get to through before you can get to the celebrity judges. And I got cut just before the celebrity judges and that, you know, they, it was close. They said, Oh, you're good, but you're not good enough. They were like, work on it, come back next year and whatever. So it was, it was cool. You know, it definitely gave me a lot of um, encouragement and, and, and validation. And then I think it was about a year or so later after that experience, I ended up dropping out of college to pursue music completely. And that's when I started, you know, to, make a lot of original songs. You know, I was in the studio every week. I was waitressing using like my whole paycheck to just pay for studio time and 
and show clothes and and trying to promote myself and everything. So I, I didn't have any really like self-awareness back then. I was very lost. I was very insecure. I loved music, but I, I had no backbone. I was easily manipulated and I, I got into all sorts of dark scenarios and situations. But I will say it, it was the bridge for me into entrepreneurship because of music. I found video and I found out that people, you know, shooting video at these music events, they were actually making money. You know, they were actually sustaining themselves. And I was like, wait a minute, you know, I'm, I'm not really making money from this music thing. Why don't I try video? And that was basically how I transitioned into learning video. And I learned how to edit. And then I got a job editing for large pages on Facebook. And then I learned digital marketing. I learned viral video and then I found LinkedIn and yeah. the rest is history. The rest is rock and roll history. And it's rock you know, and roll, super history. Yeah. yeah. Springsteen history. Well, it's all the, the one thread that I see here is creativity and, you know, forget all the other nonsense, but the, the creativity is there. So I think it would be helpful to talk about how you discovered that LinkedIn was where the cool kids were hanging out, actually, as you began to see your lane kind of opening up that you jumped into. I bring that up because I've been involved with LinkedIn from pretty much day one. I was lucky enough to have some clients who actually, in fact, a team of clients that actually created Sales Navigator were very early employees of LinkedIn. They were spreading the gospel, according to Reed, that this was not just about getting a job. And I was paying attention, which is really rare in my industry, which is literally now just waking up. I have a video I posted the other day being interviewed nine years ago where I talked about LinkedIn being the most important tool that any financial advisor could have. Wow. I mean, you know, it just was so obvious to me and I was using it before everyone else kind of discovered it. And, you know, it's sometimes you just got to pay attention. And I noticed that in 2014, you know, that there was a lot of value there. And, you know, I was fortunate that you know, I had this relationship I mentioned to you with Gary Vaynerchuk. And as you know, Gary is usually dead on with his predictions when it comes to social right. media. Mm-hmm. But you may not be aware of this. I did an event with Gary and Gary publicly has said this, so it's not anything that shocking. But, you know, at this event I did in 2014, had my firm let me use video for this, we would have it. But Gary stood up there in front of 250 people. And when someone asked him about LinkedIn, he said, not going anywhere, won't work. No, don't believe in it. Yeah. And he did a full 360, I guess, about three years ago. So even the guy, even the guy who even found Snapchat, well, not founded it. Well, you know, you know why that, why that is that 360 that he did three years ago. That's because video came out. Yep, exactly. So, I mean, I think it really revolutionized the platform and, and that's certainly how I found my voice here. You know, I was really depressed in my first company. I, I, I first had a video marketing company on Facebook. And it was my job to um, find potentially viral video clips and stories and uh, track down the owner and obtain a license for them to re-edit, rebrand, and redistribute them to large pages on Facebook who were my clients. And so I started with my ex. I, I was in a relationship at the time. He was a videographer, super talented, taught me how to edit, taught me so many things. But we were just young and I was super naive and I did not have awareness around a lot of these things that I speak of today, like the self-esteem, the the narcissism, the healing and everything I had to go through. So I really was just attracting my parents. You know, I really was just attracting more people that didn't actually really support me. You know, it, it was a reflection of myself and how I felt about myself. I was just attracting people who didn't really value me. 
And so I didn't enjoy the business after a while. You know, I started to get really like stuck there. I felt mm-hmm. really, I felt really codependent. I had partners, I had investors. I felt like I'm not gonna be able to do this on my own. Like I'm just classic imposter syndrome. Oh gosh. I had, I had serious. I know that well. Oh gosh. I (laughs) I know that one well. Yeah. And, and I, and it's something I still struggle with. Honestly, I've come a long way, but like I definitely was unfulfilled. I was not, I had no confidence to leave and do my own thing, even though I could have, I just, I couldn't. And what we were also looking for more leads at the company at the time when I started to really kind of get real with myself about like, okay, I'm, I'm really unfulfilled. I need to do something. And I actually went home one night and I wrote a prayer in my diary, which is funny because I wasn't at this point in my life very like connected to God or like spiritual at all. But I just, I don't know what it was. Something told me to go write this prayer. So I wrote a prayer in my diary and I said, dear God, please send me a sign that things will get better for me. Please send me a sign that my life will have purpose and won't be in vain. Please help me feel alive again. That was it. That was the prayer. I closed my diary, went to bed. And then a week later, one week after I wrote that in my journal, I met a guy who told me to get on LinkedIn. It was like a sales rep that was working for me at the time, found him at a networking event in Milwaukee. And he was like, you got to talk to this guy, Shay. He's saying that we should get on LinkedIn and like videos of feature on LinkedIn now. And and like, we could crush it there. And I'm like, LinkedIn. I'm like, that's kind of weird. Like, isn't that a job platform? Like I didn't, you know, I was, I Mm -hmm. I didn't understand either. So I met with him. He told me about his experience. He's like, look, there's hardly any competition with video. You already know everything about video through this Facebook company you're running. Like, why don't you take everything you've learned about editing other people's videos and apply it to your own brand to get leads here? And I thought, okay, I'll give it a shot. You know, and I, I wasn't uh, a stranger to the camera. You know, I used to be on the other side of the camera. I'd, I'd performed before, but now I had the marketing acumen. I had a whole new skill set that I certainly did not have back when I was a starving musician, right? And I started posting. I had a goal to release three original selfie videos per week, just just shot on my cell phone like this, no mm-hmm. crazy editing. I think I just added subtitles, no cuts, nothing fancy. I literally wasn't even like wearing makeup in them. It was like so raw and, and unfiltered, but I did them every Monday, every Wednesday, and every Friday, a new video post. And not only did I see results right away, you know, I, I got leads, I got the attention. I, he was right. It was very easy to break through the noise here, but I started to feel a lot better. I started to feel a lot more fulfilled. It gave, it gave me what I asked for in the prayer. It gave me purpose. It gave me meaning. And my confidence came back. And within two months of posting three original selfie videos per week on my LinkedIn, I had generated over six figures in revenue for that Facebook agency I was running at the time. Wow. Right? So yeah. that was my... It's, it's such proof. It's such validation. And God, you know, Shay, I, I can't tell you how many times I've had this conversation with people in my industry, people at my company, and they now get it, but I've been, I've been saying the same thing. And part of it was watching the videos, obviously, Gary was doing, but someone like you started doing and, and many others on that were early in the video world on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, it, you know, obviously you had content that was really good. You were just you. you there was no filter. Like you said, you no makeup, no nothing. You just, you just talk right. real. And that's what people relate to. It's a, no matter what business you're in, 
I look at life as not ROI, but ROR. It's return on the relationship. And that's, that's really all that matters. And you figured that out. Yes. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, the light bulbs started going off for me. I just realized like, wait a minute, there's a whole nother business here. Like, what am I doing on Facebook with these partners that I hate? You know, like what, what am I doing anymore? It, It gave me confidence. It gave me enough belief in myself that, you know what, I think I can do this on my own. So uh, after a few more months of posting and growing there, I sold my shares in the Facebook company and I pivoted to LinkedIn completely to teach business owners and professionals how to also create effective videos for their personal brand on LinkedIn to grow their following and attract inbound leads. And that's what I've been doing ever since. And it's just been a joy. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about myself through this journey. I've, I've healed a lot of my wounds. And that's another big thing that I talk about, Mitch, is how getting at forcing yourself, you know, to buckle up and get on camera and start making these videos, even if you're shy, even if you're scared, even if you have imposter syndrome, like we said, it will not just result in profile growth and leads. It really, really results in a boost in confidence. I find a lot wow. of my clients, you know, they go through the program and they not only grow their profile and get leads, but they're just more confident. Now their speaking engagements are better. Now their close rate is higher on their on their sales calls. You know, I had a client's wife thank me for making him more confident like through the video. So <laughs> it really is a personal journey into yourself. A lot of people are coming to me for the ROI, which you certainly do get through the videos, but a lot of people are coming to me because they just want that confidence that I embody in these videos. And they're like, okay, what is she doing? I want this. I got to have it. And then they reach out to me for business. I mean, the guts it took, we talked about Gary Vaynerchuk before, and I'm going to link to this because it is uh, it is just, I think, one of the greatest things I've seen. You did a parody of of, of Gary, which I did, actually- yes. I was, he, Which he saw and he- Oh, I know, oh, I know yeah. he did. And his chief operating officer and a friend of mine who now runs uh, the Sasha Group, one of his businesses, when I told him I was interviewing him, he said, that, please tell her, that was the greatest- video. I mean, Gar- I mean, everybody at VaynerMedia loved it. Everybody Aww. in Gary's universe loved it. And, and you know, yeah. I mean, but like you've said, success doesn't always happen overnight, but you just had your most viral post and you're now approaching like 50 million views on LinkedIn, I noticed. And, yeah. you know, bring us back to three years ago, like you talked about your first video, you were nervous and, and then, you know, all we're able to learn about how to try to prove your worth to these prospects. And, and that was, that was definitely a big transition, right? Yeah. You know, this is the other big thing, Mitch. It's like starting out making videos, you're going to attract business. You're going to, you know, you're going to attract clients, but as time goes on, the bigger you get, the more you really don't have to sell anyone at all. You know, that that's the beauty of growing a following. I didn't, I didn't even know that when I started this, I didn't connect the dots that I was going to be like famous. I was just trying to get business, you know? And, and I also just for me loved making the videos. I love speaking my truth and getting on camera. I loved that. I found a supportive community to finally, you know, reflect back to me. What I always knew deep down was me, which is that I am intelligent. I am beautiful. I am worthy, but now it's gotten so big that it's like, I mean, if I get on the phone with someone and they're like a fan, it's really easy to close them because they're just like, ah, yes, take my money, Shay. So that's the <laughs> that's the other thing that people are missing with, you know, it, it really is like people put it this way. Like we all know that in the sales cycle, 
when you're warming up a prospect, you're getting them in the funnel and all this, like you got to get people to know, like, and trust you before they're going to be willing to give you their money. 100%. And that's something we all go through as business owners. Like, how can we get them in the funnel? What, what's the lead magnet? What can we give away for free? How can we build trust? Well, when people come to me for reaching out, like, Hey, I'm curious about doing business with you. I've already smashed those three pillars of them knowing, liking, and trusting me. They know me from my videos. They like me from my videos and they trust me from my hundreds of business owners that I've worked with on LinkedIn now and and improved their business. And that's just paid clients. It's not even including all the people who follow me just for the, for the free knowledge, which they're awesome too. And they also help push my content out to more people. So yeah, that would be my advice is like, you know, if you're willing to really go all in with this video thing, it compounds. It really does. Just like money makes more money. Oh boy, do followers make more followers. And those followers, they really just become brand ambassadors for you. They become people who refer you to other people, you know, word of mouth. Oh, you should go follow this Shea woman. She's helping me with videos. Maybe you reach out to her now too. And it just compounds over time. So I really am blessed. I feel very fortunate to be in the position I am now. And yeah, I, I feel like unstoppable. I feel like I'm never going to have to struggle, I guess you could say, in the ways that I did in those early years as a entrepreneur just starting my business. You're a great example of my last guest who wrote a book called Known, Mark Schaefer, who's written a number of wonderful books, uh, Cumulative Advantage, The Tao of Twitter, Marketing Influencers. But you know, he talked a lot about the book Known, which really helped me a lot in realizing what mattered with LinkedIn. But the thing that you add, that kind of secret sauce that I think people relate to and that I've been fortunate to have people relate to for a variety of different things that I've done is enthusiasm. And I've always loved, and this comes from my earliest training days back in when I was at Merrill Lynch in the late 80s, and someone took the word enthusiasm and underlined the last four letters, I-A-S-M, I am sold myself. And if you believe those yes. words, it shows. And people, you can tell when you watch when you watch Shay's videos, folks, if, you, if you're listening and you haven't seen them, you'll see all the links that I'll have to her, but you, you'll just see enthusiasm. You'll see reality. I mean, not enthusiasm every day because everyone isn't up every day. But, you know, I guess the question is, is that, you know, when we talk about the secret sauce, this may sound silly, but if you were putting together the Shea cookbook for gaining momentum, what would be some of your key ingredients? And by the way, that's not a bad idea for a future video. The cookbook. (laughs) But yeah, but what would be some of those ingredients that, you know, you would, you'd have to put in that you've put in that you're telling your people to put in? Well, you know, it's funny. Before I go into that, I will just ask you, have you ever heard of um, the Enneagram personality assessment? No. Okay. It's like the original personality mm-hmm. assessment. I mean, it's ancient. It's amazing. I mean, I might have gone, it, I might have gone through it in some training and just don't remember the uh, name. But. Probably not. Probably not. I mean, it's not, it's not yeah. usually linked to to business. I find a lot more like life coaches use it, spiritual oh, okay. coaches use it. Yeah. But but it, what it does is it breaks down all personalities into one of nine general types. So you take it, you'll either be you'll be a, a type one through a nine. I'm a type seven. And you know what the title of the type seven is? The enthusiast. Theist. 
<laughs> the, the enthusiast. Yes, that's wow. what it is. Boy, so, the tech, boy, is so, it? They nailed yeah, that one. Exactly. Yeah, it's totally me, type mm-hmm. seven, the enthusiast. So I do feel that I'm naturally a very high energy person. I totally understand and respect that's not how all content creators are going to be. And that's fine. You know, we need diversity. We need a balance. Maybe you have a personality that's going to resonate with people that mine won't. And, and that's beautiful as well. But I will say, at the end of the day, the best way to gain that momentum is to have confidence in yourself. You know, and anyone can sell anything with confidence. And nine that's 90% of the ball game. You know, there's there's uh, you know, we've all like followed Grant Cardone and like seen him like totally contradict himself. And we're like, wait a minute, what like he just said that he just said, but it's like no one cares, no one even catches it because he's so confident in his delivery. So I definitely would encourage people to you know, build that confidence. And and if you're struggling with that, that's exactly what my program is for, you know, is to help people step into that and be really confident in speaking their truth. We're all going to change our mind at some point. It's okay. If you're hundred percent confident in this video and this belief right now, and a year from now, you're not, that's fine. You know, let go of the shame of needing to be perfect 100% of the time, all the time. So I would say number one is confidence, but number two is really just providing value. Like, what, um, this is what I always say for anyone starting content. That's like, I don't, this is what everyone always says, right? They're like, I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to talk about. What do I talk about? I don't know how to start. Like, what am I going to make videos about? Just frame all of your content around this. If nothing else, what do I know that my target market doesn't know that would make their lives easier and start there, just start giving free value. So if you're and an insurance agent, you know, what are the frequently asked questions about insurance that people are always confused about? Literally every time you get on the phone, it's the same question. Well, make content about it. Start to get, start to address that objection right away in your content on your page. So people know, and people are going to see you as an expert. They're going to see you as an authority. They're going to say, oh, wow, look at this person just providing me free advice, making my life easier. Like that's who they're going to go to when they need an insurance agent. For me, what is that? What is the free value for my target market? Anyone who needs video content is my target market. It's just giving free tips on how to make video content. Literally what I am doing right now is that. What do I know that my target market doesn't know that would make their lives easier? Hey, here's three tips on how to write headlines for your videos. Hey, here's an idea of how uh, long your videos should be. Let's talk about video length. Hey, here's five free apps for getting the videos edited and optimized for the newsfeed. So these are all things that I've done over the years. And I don't only talk about this, you know, I'm very open. So I talk a lot about personal stuff and and my life as well. And we can get into why that's also valuable. But over the years, I've just done such a good job of making people's lives easier without asking for anything. You know, I'm not pitching. I'm not saying you give, you give first. Yeah, right. And giving is good. I mean, giving is good. I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Johnny Resnick, who's the lead singer of the Goo Goo Dolls, literally lives four houses from me. Oh, wow. And and he's he's an awesome guy. He's an awesome guy. He lives. He's really, really a neat guy. And he's been sober for about 12 years. And we've we've had a really great conversation about his new Christmas album last year. And we're talking about sobriety. And and one of the things that he really talked about is, is, is what he learned through that whole process is how giving, how important giving is and you know he, it's it's, it's you know, a drug he said he said you know getting is good too but giving is really ultimately right. that is the right side of the drug and really going to help you and give you the most success in your own healing and 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 you've you know you've talked about healing and you've been successful in healing yourself but for those of you that don't know this shay also has what she calls 
a little, I guess, side hustle or whatever, but it's called the Healing Tribe. And you're helping a lot of people with that. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's just a passion project of mine more than anything. I don't uh, focus on it as much as the marketing, but because I've been on my own healing journey and, you know, starting to get really real about like my childhood, what worked, what didn't work. And it's kind of like we're all a computer, right? And sometimes the computer gets viruses, and it, it, you got to swipe the viruses and you got to re-download new software. So when you download, or I should say when you upload, remove the faulty software, you create space for new software to come in. And that's basically what I've been doing to my own brain for the past couple of years uh, since LinkedIn. You know, it's, it's really allowed me to be on a journey of improving myself, getting honest with myself. And through that, I just couldn't help but talk about it on my LinkedIn. And I found that there's so many other people in the world who need healing. I always joke that like, that's actually what I'm here to do is to market healing to the world. Like we need healing. <laughs> that's, yes, that's, we do. The, that's the root of the, the issues going on. And uh, so I just started this little heal tribe. It's every two weeks uh, we meet, we get on a call. I have uh, qualified coaches who come on people that I've personally worked with who coach people through whatever it is they're going through. You know, we've had people who are going through a divorce, who are also going through healing addiction and getting sober. And, and that's something that I personally can certainly relate to. So yeah, it's just been super fun. It's a really awesome community. I, I think one of the biggest things for people to develop when they're, when they start this healing journey is they, they need a community. They need people to support them. And that's what this community is. So if you want to check out shayrobottom.com slash heal tribe, um, you can sign up and join. It's one ninety five a month for two group calls a month, and really awesome people, really amazing coach to walk you through what you might be struggling with and help to just really raise awareness. You know, that's really what healing is: finding the awareness. You know, mm. oh, you know, I'm an addict. You know, that's awareness. That's the first step to healing, and that's what we do at Heal Tribe. That's terrific. I, I love that you're yeah, doing that. Thank so you. every generation has its new technology that's changed the world in so many ways for the good, but every now and then the haters going to hate and there's always another side to the coin. And someone that, you know, because of my day job, specifically in the financial service industry, you know, I've got to stay clear of politics and controversy, but I'm curious, how have you been able to build such this, such a robust business yourself and not blur the lines. You know, I think our listeners would love to hear your take and your tips on being so refreshingly real and being able to navigate those choppy waters because that's not easy. For example, I've noticed in a couple of your posts recently, you're very open about things, but you, you've pulled back when it comes to, you don't want to have any, get political. So take a side here or there. I'm not, yeah, I'm but not. I, I, I love yeah. how, first of all, what my question really is, how are you able to do that? you're doing a really good job with that. Um, I think it's really hard. And I think people make that mistake too often. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a vortex politics. It's a vortex. It's a confirmation bias vortex. It feels good to have a community of people who, you know, uphold you and lift you up because you have the same beliefs as them. It feels good. That's why people get sucked into it. You know, the only quote political voices out there that I respect are people who actually have views on both sides, because otherwise it's just very likely that you're being biased and that you're catering to a bunch of people who 
all collectively get off to believing the same things. It's mm -hmm. it's tribalism. It really is. So I can certainly see how people get sucked into it. You know, I myself at times, you know, I've been more liberal. I've been more conservative, whatever. It's, it's easy to be like, oh, a lot of people are like, really liking this post. Maybe if I say more things that they like, they're going to like me more and this and that. But then you move away from your authenticity. Do right. you really believe that though? You know, do you really believe that? So I'm, I'm not political. And the, and the sad thing is, is like when I share certain beliefs because of the, the, the climate we live in right now and everything being so polarized is some people will just automatically assume I'm being political and like, right. it has nothing to do with that. I'm like, no, I'm a very independent thinker. I, I resonate with different beliefs on different sides, you know, and I, I think it's really just set up to divide us. I think it's really sad. You know, it's just, you know, people not talking to friends anymore because of who they voted for and this and that. Like, it's like, that's the real toxic political party right there is people right. believing that we're so separate because we could have different beliefs. So, you know, I just stand in my truth. I don't, I don't uh, waver and it's, it's been, um, not always easy. I think that a lot of the adversity I faced as a child and being so unpopular, I guess I'll say, with my own family, I was like the non-PC one in my family. You know, I was always like calling out the BS and just like being honest, just trying to just trying to, you know, call out the reality. But everyone was in such denial. I really got to build that muscle of being hated and being OK with it. I was like, nope, you know, like I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to shame me into submission, but then I'm not going to be authentic then I'm not right. going to be who I really am. I'm just going to people please. And like, I don't want this. I decided I would rather be happy. I decided I'd rather be happy than be liked. And I, so that, that really set me up to be a voice for the people who are out there feeling too fearful to share what they really believe in because they don't want to be shamed or ostracized from the herd. Mm -hmm. You bring a lot of, you bring a lot of clarity with that. And you, you, you know, I was listening to you were talking about a viral post and you had a, a little video thing a couple of days ago. And I just thought it was so great how you My live. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. I just I was what impressed me so much about is that you kept bringing it back to what your points were and you were very clear. I could see how people were responding. And I think it was I, I loved I love the way. Yeah. You were yeah. It. Thank, thank yeah. you. Thank you. You know, and, and that's and that's the thing. It's like we have to have compassion for people. The reason that this the politics is so divisive is because people just start talking to people that all believe the same thing as them. You know, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to reach right. people who maybe don't feel the same way as me, but I get it. I can see why it's tempting. It's like, Ooh, now I'm just like, now I'm just a trumpet and all these people mm -hmm. like me. And it isn't that it's right. like, no, 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 That's that. That's not being authentic. That's not really standing true in your power. And then what also ties into that is that when people do disagree with something from the political party that they've affiliated themselves with, they're going to have a really hard time being honest with themselves now because they don't want to lose that community of all these people who love and adore them for believing the same things. They're going to say, wait a minute, you guys, I actually don't believe, I don't, I don't agree with this new thing. And then it's like, you know, it's very polarizing and divisive. So I just say what I believe in. Look, I'm sometimes it's going to fall maybe more on where the left is at. Sometimes it's maybe going to fall on maybe more where the right is at. I think it, this thing is a scam. You know, I think it's just set up to divide us. It's so silly. You know, when we ran for class president in the sixth grade, we didn't pick a party. We just said what we believed in. We said, hey, exactly. this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get more snacks in the snack machine. And this guy's going to get more recess time. And this going to, and we were all able to just run on our own accord independently. It right. wasn't like this two party system. I, I really think it's just 
we're, we're living through a time in history now where we've reached peak polarization so that it can finally burn to the ground because this is not serving people. Everyone should be independent. Every single person should get up there and be completely 100% independent. So, well, I mean, we'll see. I, I, I am curious to think, see where things shake out. But I think the biggest thing for me is coming from a place of being grounded, centered, standing firm in my truth, not getting distracted by this this uh, this right left uh, situation, and instead just trying to be a model for people that hey, you can actually you can agree with both sides, and you can agree with neither side. You know, there there's truth in everything, and there's truth in nothing to someone. Right. But the real the real truth that I love is your generation. And I know the millennials get a bad rap all the time. And as a as a parent of a millennial, but also someone who works with a lot of millennials because of different clients that I have, and, and they have a lot of millennials working there. I, I it gives me a lot of hope because the way that you handle things, I've also witnessed with a number of other millennials and doing a lot of different businesses. And and you know, people should realize, by the way, because Shay is a bit humble. You know, she's working with some pretty big companies. She's worked with BuzzFeed, Yahoo, Petco, for example. And for you Instagram fans, and unfortunately, I have to say, F Jerry, I can't really give you the full uh, description. But, you know, I'm kind of curious what might be a good example of how you've helped some of these companies or clients recently as things have changed so quickly. So I guess the question really is, here we are, CDC today says masks off. You know, we're getting closer, hopefully, to getting back to some normalcy in our lives. We've had a crazy year in the pandemic. But what have you done in, from pivoting and working with your clients? What types of things have you feel like you've really helped them through this period? Yeah, well, thank you for that. You know, so those are actually brands I worked with on Facebook. I don't work with them now because I mainly work with the individuals. Now I work with the business owners now, um, the personal brands. So now I'm working with more people like Grant and Elena Cardone. Kevin Harrington is a client of mine. I've worked with uh, Dan Locke. I've collaborated with um, Lewis Howes on his LinkedIn. So right. uh, just to, if you thought I was humble, there you go, you guys. Yeah, you got to <laughs> drop the names. I <laughs> mean, drops, you drops know. some more names. But I will, I will say, I mean, like the pandemic was great for digital marketers. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, it really, anyone who was already, I mean, look at, oh, Ty Lopez. That was another one I was helping. Yeah. He just smashed 2020 because he was already working in e-com. And when all of these brick and mortar stores were forced to close, he was just buying them up and converting them onto e-com because he knew exactly how to do it. You know, he already had the infrastructure and the model. So I will say it helped my business, but uh, yeah, I, I, I do see that this situation that we're going through in history as it's kind of um, caused people to either level up and take ownership over things in their life that they maybe had been avoiding for years, stop being a victim, stand up, take control of themselves, improve their life, you know, finally get sober, finally quit that job they've always hated anyways and start their own business, you know, finally just face themselves. Or I've seen people just crumble and I've seen people just go deeper into their BS and deeper into their addictions, deeper into their victim mentality. So, I mean, it's tough. You know, there's, there's people I love on both sides of that coin. There's people I've loved that I've seen soar since this. And there's people I love that I've seen really, really go downhill. And, and we can't save everybody at the end of the day. We got to save ourselves. We got to be our own savior. So I would say overall, the people that are coming to me 
are people who are ready to, to, you know, take life into their own hands who are like, okay, I've been, I've been putting off this social media thing. I know I need to make videos. Now I can't do live events anymore. What the heck I'm with you, Shay. Like I'm here and I'm ready to step up. <laughs> so in that sense, I've really enjoyed 2020 because I've worked with a lot of people who are just, just ready, you know, they're ready. Re- yeah. They're yeah. ready to yeah. transform and, right. and through video, they do that. Right. And you're, you've given them this platform, your LinkedIn video bootcamp, which once I get to go ahead and a couple of things that I, I'm um, hoping to do oh, more you'd be and great. more. I you'd really be great, wanna, Mitch. Oh, well, You're so sassy. You yeah, got to do it. You yeah. got to do it. You no, gotta... I, there's a lot of things I've got in the works and I'm I'm trying to, like I said, Good. I'm pushing, I'm pushing these people like referring to me now as the tip of the spear, which is, which is a good, a good thing from where they were, let's say five years ago. Like it, it's unbelievable, but walk us through what people get at the boot camp. You know, no matter because it doesn't matter what business you're in, right? You're it's you're, evergreen. You're helping, right? yep. yeah. Exactly. It's evergreen. I will just say the only disclaimer is it 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 does work best for B2B. I mean, I have had B2C clients, but it's mainly if you're here strictly for the ROI, you're gonna have more success if you're B2B with a higher ticket offer, which most people on LinkedIn are. But I just want right. to put out that disclaimer. No, that's important. That's yeah, important. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, so the boot camp, you know. Whether you're someone who has tried social media, has made videos, you just aren't getting the results you think you deserve and you're like, something's going on here, I'm, I want to improve. Or if you're someone who's literally never shot a video before, this program is all about taking it to the next level. So we meet you where you're at. We teach you in week one, the foundation of social media, of newsfeed marketing, and of this is the key thing that differentiates me from a lot of marketers organic marketing. So I don't do anything paid. I teach people how to empower themselves through making it organically and getting reach organically, which then if you want to do paid, it works even better because you know how to, you know how to smash organically. So your paid ads are just going to become super fire. So week one is all about, you know, learning how to lay the foundation before we build the house. A lot of people just aren't understanding video for social media. They're still projecting what video content was 20, 30 years ago when it was television and commercials. And it's like, no, 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 it's none of that. So I break that down. So you got the foundation. And then in week two, we teach you actually how to come up with content ideas around your industry. We walk you through various exercises to identify your target market, what they're looking for, and teach you how to write scripts to attract those people to your profile and get inbound leads. Week three is all about confidence on camera, how to, okay, now you've got the scripts. Now you know what to talk about. How the heck do you actually shoot these videos? And we've got coaches and a community to help support you through this all the way to week four, which is uh, video editing. How do you actually get the videos edited and optimized for social media? Some people want to learn on their own. Most busy professionals don't have time. <laughs> so right. hire um, we someone. <laughs> yeah, we teach you how to outsource and we actually give you, this is a big, big reason. A lot of people buy it too, is, um, I give you access to all of my video trainings. So remember, I started out as a video editor and I've trained hundreds of video editors in my life on how to edit for social media. So you get the blueprint for it. You get standard operating procedure for your editor where they know exactly what to do and you don't actually have to train them on anything because I have the breakdown in the training for them. And all the way down to week five where we teach you about LinkedIn. Now you know how to come up with content. You know how to shoot it. You know how to get it optimized through editing. Now, how do you actually boost your posts through user 
actions on LinkedIn? What can you actually do here? How do you connect with people? What are the different tips and tracks and the ins and out of LinkedIn that makes this different from other platforms? And then the last week we work on sustainability and consistency, how to actually maintain everything that you've learned because of course, staying consistent on social media is the most important for growing a following. So I always say the biggest thing is a lot of people say they don't have the time or they don't have the money for video production. I released over 2,500 videos per month in my Facebook viral video agency every month and got over a billion views a month for my clients. And trust me, I would not have been able to do that if I did not know how to make high quality content a lot of it quickly. So that is what I teach people through this program. It doesn't have to be time consuming. It doesn't have to be expensive. We all have the opportunity to be a video creator right here in our pocket with our cell phones. So, right. so and, and, um, and, and you, you hit it. I mean, I mean, that's the, one of the things Gary said, you did say years ago is that, you know, he said this, actually, I was able to interview, um, arrange Gary to be interviewed by my friend, Larry King, who I used to work for. And it was one of the things that Gary said to Larry, which I thought was so great. It's like, you know, Larry, every one of us is you now. Every one of us is in broadcasting. I remember it blew Larry's mind because when I first set the interview up, Larry was like, Mitch, what, what's the, what's a Vaynerchuk? What, 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 you know, I, I got a, I got a, I got a flip phone. I, I don't know from this. And he walked away so fascinated by everything that, that Gary showed him. That's incredible. And, I want to watch yeah, that interview now. Yeah, it's a great interview. So when I watch your videos and they're humorous, they're clever, they obviously show, you know, your background in acting and the creative chops. And I'm someone who had a similar background, so I get that. But, you know, how much time would it take for the average Joe to come up with one great post? I mean, obviously, they need to take a look at, at your program and I can't think of a better way to spend six weeks than what you just described. But, you know, someone out there, small business, they just want to come up with, I guess there's not one post that's going to make the, make the change for anything. It's really more of the consistency, right? It is consistency. You know, it, it's one of those things that compounds over time. It gets easier. Starting out, yeah, you might be a little slower in writing your scripts and forming your content, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. It becomes like clockwork. You don't actually have to sit down and use my formulas anymore. It's just built into your brain. I just had my most viral video ever on LinkedIn. And it took me all things included, shooting, posting, writing the copy, 20 minutes. <laughs> and I got over 800,000 views and a lot of opportunity coming to me since that video, let me tell you. So, you know, it gets easier over time, but certainly the consistency is number one. If you go through my program and commit 20 to 30 minutes per weeknight for six weeks, you will get through it and you will know exactly what I do and my process and be able to apply it for your, for your own brand. And that's the other thing, you know, I really, I really, I'm, I'm glad I just thought of this. This is important is I really think the biggest thing for creating videos is kind of what I was talking about before with the mental health journey. It's like, you need a community. You need people to support you. You need people who aren't going to laugh at you. You know, so many people, it's like, for whatever reason, well, I know the reason, but I'm not, we don't have, we don't have time for this sermon <laughs> right now, Mitch. So, but people that are closest to you in your life, like your friends and family can oftentimes be the least supportive when we start something new. So you're trying to do videos on your own and then you're, you're, Amen. 
your family's laughing. They're like, Mitch, what is Mitch trying to do these videos? Like, that's not you, Mitch, you know, and they try yeah. to, and it's like, <laughs> it's so hard. So that's why people give up. Well, in my so, case, it is Mitch. And, and uh, it drives him crazy. Well, you're, that, okay, all right, there's you're, a lot of it. I'm a bad example. You're yeah. okay. You're a bad example. But <laughs> a lot of people, you know, they don't have the support and then they give up right away. That's what the boot camp gives people is it gives people access to a community of people who are all going through the same thing on video. They're not going to laugh at you. They're not going to shame you. They're not going to make fun of you. They're going to support you. They're going to comment on your posts. They're going to say, you know, did, did you do this homework? I'm doing this now. And, and that's really what I, I love to see. I love to see people in my community becoming friends with one another, supporting one another and giving that support that they maybe otherwise wouldn't get just trying to start videos on their own. And what's cool about LinkedIn, and I was probably, in, I think I was in the first 250,000 of what's now like, what, 800 million members. Yeah, I've seen almost, obviously yeah. a lot of changes. So what do you think's next? Will LinkedIn go the Netflix model, create more original content themselves? What would you like to see from your perspective? And what, what, what are you, what, looking into the future of LinkedIn, what, what, what do you see? Great question. You know, they did just launch creator mode. So that's, that's another great point, you know. LinkedIn is eventually going to be like YouTube where it's not just, oh, let's create content here to attract leads and get business for our own company, but you're actually going to be able to monetize your own content. You're going to be able to get paid directly just for getting a lot of views there. And that's actually, since creator mode launched, that's also helped my business because now a lot of people that weren't sold before are like, okay, I need to learn this. If I can make, I can get paid directly. So I do think it's kind of going to become like a, a YouTube or like a Facebook for entrepreneurs. It's just, it's going to model after more traditional platforms and more, or more popular platforms, I should say. But I do always still see it having a strong focus on business, on growing your connection, on growing your business, on personal development, on company pages, you know, and brands and that sort of thing. So I'm really excited to see since creator mode, I've, uh, I've noticed a big increase in, in views. Last, last month was my highest viewed month ever on my page. And that was just after they launched the creator mode. Yeah. I think you're going to be saying that every month for, for the next few months. Um, yeah, it's yeah, just where, the yeah. way it's running. So as we wind this down, maybe run down some of the step-by-step -step guide for making videos. I mean, obviously you just had a killer video the other day that you put out where I think you gave five really strong tips. And, and obviously I want people to, to speak with you, but if there's just two or three tips that you could just sort of throw out there that you think, is just some, it fits for everybody that yes, you think absolutely. are helpful. Have a headline. Don't start your video by introducing yourself. It's a big rookie mistake. People, okay, I'm going to make a video. And then their first line is, hi, I'm Shay Robottom. And I work in video marketing and I'm here in Miami, Florida. And today I'm going to talk about, eh, you've already, lo you've already lost gone. me. They're gone. You've lost me. The, yep. the first three to five seconds are the most precious on social media. So start with a headline that's relevant to the topic at hand that you are about to cover. If your video message was converted into an article in the New York Times, what would the headline be? Make that your headline. It's okay if it doesn't even make sense starting out. Just give them something that's relevant to the topic you're about to cover and that'll hook them in and that'll also give them some information so they can accurately decide, oh, this is relevant to me or not. This is, some, this is a topic I want to tune into. And then keep it short, you know, strangers who have, don't know you and, and have never seen your content before and you show up in their newsfeed, they're very unlikely to invest, say, seven minutes of their time into unknown content from a stranger. But they are more likely to take a risk on, say, 90 seconds. 
you know, hey, who's this Shay woman? I don't know her, but yeah, it's only 90 seconds. Let's see. So the more you grow a following, the more you can release longer videos because you already have followers who know, like, and trust you who are willing to sit through a seven minute video. So those would be my tips. Definitely like lead with value. Just always ask yourself what's valuable, what would make people's lives easier. I do also encourage you to have some sort of a CTA, a call to action at the end, not necessarily a call to action, like reach out to me to do business because then you kind of lose people because they're like, oh, they're just trying to make money. They're just pitching. But a call to action that's actually relevant to what you just covered. Hey, what do you guys think about headlines on social media? How do you come up with your headlines? Tell me your experience in the comments below. And that way you're going to pull engagement. You're going to get people commenting their thoughts and that's going to boost it in the algorithm and push it out to more and more feeds. Great. Thank you. I want to do a quick lightning round to wrap this up. All right. Your favorite musician, which you talked a little bit about your 90s crushes down back then. So but funny. today, um, gosh, that's so hard. Or, inf- or influences. It could be a number of people. It's fine. I'm stumped right now. I have Shay's playlist. What's on, you know, I'll just say um, I listen to a lot of like spiritual music now. I listen okay. to like, medicine music. I don't even know the artist. I I really I've always been a huge fan of just hip hop and R&B. I loved Lauren Hill. Mary J. Blige, Trina from Miami, my favorite female rapper. And also Atmosphere was was really the, the hip-hop duo that got me into rapping myself in the first place. They are more underground from Minneapolis. But if you look up Atmosphere, they, they had my heart when I was younger and they had a huge influence on me starting to speak my truth and, and make my own music. So <laughs> sorry for the not lightning answer there. That's okay. That's, that's a great answer though. Best two... Three books you've read in the last year that have either helped you in business or or, or in your life. Whew, attached, attached. Um, it's actually it's it's more personal. It's um mm-hmm. it's a book about relationship styles. So it teaches you your attachment style and how you're going to show up in relationships. And it's just a really oh man, if anyone out there has struggled with relationships, boyfriends, girlfriends, husband, wife, read the book Attached. That is just absolutely phenomenal for relationship growth. Letting Go by David Hawkins. That was another one I picked up again recently. Um, just really good for like forgiveness and 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 that sort of thing. And then the other one I'm reading right now is um, <laughs> you're gonna laugh. None of these have anything to do with marketing. But that's okay. But that's what's so I've great. Already, yeah, I've already read all the marketing books. It's all right. It's called Going Off the Grid. Hmm. So I recently bought a farm. I want to learn a lot more about nature and how to sustain myself. I've just you know, this past year kind of woke me up to like, oh man, like if the apocalypse really did happen and like we were just all left to our own defenses in the wild, like how many of us really know how to survive? So that's something I'm interested in studying more of now. And I I, I forget the author, you'll have to look it up, but it's just called going off the grid. It's like a, it's like a starter kit to like just getting into this information. And I'm learning more about that now too. I think that's very cool. And and I I one of the things that I'm lucky to be able to do is at UBS, we have these incredible global visionaries from around the world. And I had Susie Cameron on a few weeks ago, whose husband's James Cameron. She played the granddaughter in Titanic, but her whole thing really oh, wow. is uh, OMD, which is one meal a day, plant-based eating. And we talked a lot about sustainability. And, oh, OMAD? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she yeah. also runs um, uh, Red Dress, uh, red Carpet Green Dress, and she has a, a schools in California. And a lot of it is, in fact, the schools are actually teaching kids how to farm. That's oh, really I part of what that. the schools Amazing. are. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it's so really, inspiring. yeah. And it's, it's just fascinating. I, I love that. So 
where do you see yourself uh, in five years? And I, 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 you know, I only ask that question because, you know, Gary talks about buying the Jets all the time. You know, right. that's that's his. Yeah. Do you have a thing? Um, <laughs> I want an island. I want okay. my own island. I don't know if I'll be there in five years. Definitely five years from now, I see myself doing a lot more public speaking. I, I believe by that point, my career will really, not that I won't have like courses and programs and things that I'm selling, but my, my career will really more so be just traveling around and speaking, doing live events, teaching people about healing, about marketing through authenticity, which really is the best marketing strategy and um, encouraging people to empower themselves to, to wake up, to start to be a force for good on this planet so that, you know, children stop getting abused. We stop raising so many kids who just end up addicted on antidepressants and unfulfilled in their life. So that's really the mission I'm on. And I think in, in another five years, I'll be more of a, uh, more of just a thought leader in the, in that space, more of a, a public speaker. Yes, I'll I think I'll always have the marketing and 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 be helping people with that. But as far as Shay personally in my day to day, I would like to just travel around, do live events, and speak to people directly about how to take their life into their own hands, stop being a victim, and empower themselves to create a life that they're actually fulfilled by. No, I have every confidence in the world that that's what's going to be happening. Aww, thank uh, uh, you. <laughs> so the last one, which we ask of every guest, which you know, I borrowed from Tim Ferriss. I'm sorry, but it's just too good a question. So you've been granted a giant billboard by this magic genie for all the world to see. What would it say and why? It's okay if you have a few responses because people sometimes say, no, 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 I have three answers, whatever it works. What do you really believe is true? What do you really believe is true? Do you really believe this? Do you believe this life that you're living? Do you believe these messages that you're sharing? Can you let go of the need to be liked by everyone and start telling the truth? I love it. I love it. Look for a billboard everywhere, folks. Probably yes. a, digi a digital one, but it'll it'll yes. be up there. I love and may I add, as a lifelong Met fan who grew up going to games at Shea Stadium, I love your name. I don't know why you were named oh, Shea. It's called, it, it's called Shea? Well, the Mets, the Mets played at Shea Stadium for from oh, 1962 till... About five I, years ago. I won't lie. I am not a sports woman, uh, so <laughs> I don't know any of this, but I will I will just hit you with a little mild disappointment. My name is actually Shannon. That's okay. Yeah. My name is Shannon, but I, I changed it when I was 18 and I wanted to become a rapper. <laughs> and I, you know what? I never changed it back and I love it. I'm like, I love it. No, such, I, I, I know. It's, right. It's so funny though. I'm such a Shay. Well, you're but probably no, getting business I, from Met fans. You didn't even realize. That's hilarious. No, I didn't know. Like I literally, I named myself like, you know, my, my, my family was not happy when I did it. I'm like, I'm going to be Shay. My mom's like, I will never call you that. And I'm like, well, that's my name. So I created it for myself. I thought it was better for being an artist, but it just stuck. And, you know, I really think it's me. But yes, I, I won't lie. My legal name on my credit cards, on my birth certificate is actually Shannon. So that's okay. That's all there right. There we go. I, I, I hope I don't disappoint you. That's, I think that's... I think I think we're both Irish Mitch, right? Mitch, <laughs> Mitch Irish. There are Irish Mitches. I'm I'm on the Jewish Mitch side, but oh, uh, you're a Jewish Mitch. You yes. know, I Russian I, Jew. A little oh, bit of oh, yeah. very good. One a lot of, my of Russian good, heritage. One of my one of my good friends is a is a Russian Jew. Mm -hmm. Vicheslav was his yeah. name. <laughs> but, but I mean, actually, my grandfather was Russian. Oh, okay, been okay, a while. Okay. So. Well, well, I will also just end with this. My family dog growing up was named Mitch. <laughs> ah! 
<laughs> so there you go. That's okay. I'll, I'll just end by saying you're an you're you're an old dog. Mitch. Uh, you're an old well, dog. You, you are. But this old dog can be taught new tricks, and I appreciate for you. all the new tricks that you're out there teaching, Shay. And thank you for sharing your story, your wisdom. We're obviously going to link to all of Shay's social, but. Trust me, folks, just Google Shay, <laughs> S-H-A-Y. There's a lot of stuff that's going to come up, but we're going to put the links out there. So thank oh, you thank very much you. for spending time with us. Thanks to the folks at Resonate Recording and everyone that took time out of their busy lives to join Financially Speaking. I really appreciate each and every one of you. And thank you in advance, as always, for subscribing and sharing. And remember, when saving for your financial future, pay yourself first. Have a great week. Bye.